Uh, good morning. Uh, I am not Pastor Kevin. I am uh, Pastor Ben, and it's awesome to be with you here today. Um, I feel like every time I, I have the chance to share with you, I need like to provide some disclaimers. Um, just, you know, if I fumble over my words or if I look like I'm sweating profusely, uh, you know, and just getting back in, into uh, this. And I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to uh, share with you this morning. And today we're finishing up this series. It's the end of October. I can't believe that. That is ridiculous. But the series has been called The Church As. And all throughout the month, we've been looking at these metaphors that we see throughout scripture about how the church is described. And really, it was done so in a manner to allow, especially the early church, to understand the purpose of the church. Because it was still new, and, and I think we can obviously still take things from uh, the way it's described here today. But we're talking about these metaphors to help us understand the function and the purpose of the church and how God wants us to be as the church. So throughout the month, Pastor Kevin has already shared on uh, the idea of the church as a household of faith, the church as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, as well as the flock. So if you've missed throughout the month, make sure you jump online, check those out so you kind of know what brought us to this point. So at the end of the day, the church is compared to these things um, especially, like I said, the, during the early times of the church, because it can be hard to understand how we ought to function. And he, uh, the thing I love about scripture is how Jesus especially simplified everything. It was like he was talking to dummies, which is great because as a dummy, then I can understand it a little clearer when I read it. Um, and so at the time, it could be kind of hard to understand. Jesus is present. He dies. He's, he's resurrected. And you have all these people who believe in God. They, they put their faith in Jesus. And then they're kind of left trying to piece it together. And so there's these instructions, these kind of pictures that they're given to help them understand how as a body of people who believe in God, who love God, who have seen the works of Jesus, they, they can start to figure out how they should operate. And um, I think it can apply a lot to us as a local church, as part of his church. So today we're touching on the idea of the church as a building, and before we get going, I need to provide some, uh, some just kind of, not clarification, but just some points. If you were to look at my notes that are in front of me, um, every time, I think I might have forgot one, but every single time that the word church is in my notes, it's capitalized. And I do that as a visual representation because when I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about what some people refer to as the capital C church. I'm not talking just about Silver Creek Church, but I'm talking about... Every person who believes in the person of Jesus is part of his church, right? It's a, it's a broad perspective. And so that's kind of what we're looking at. We're looking at the broad perspective of Christ followers globally. These are some of the things that I believe that he has for each and every one of us. And one thing I'm going to try my best not to do too often, um, because we're talking about the church as a building, I'm going to try to differentiate when I'm talking about the metaphor or if I'm talking about an actual building, because I realized as I was going through my notes, I was confusing myself. So bear with me. I'm going to do my best not to jump without uh, clarification. Um, so put simply, a physical building, 
See, started us off good. A physical building is, I love, uh, I, I joke about this every time, but I always have to have a definition when I preach, every single time. Um, so the definition of the day, a building is anything built or constructed. That's pretty straightforward, right? A building is anything built or constructed. Where we are currently, 219 Silver Creek Road, um, it was, it's known as Silver Creek Church, but it was built as Silver Creek Elementary School. I believe it was 1960. It says on your way in, as you're walking through the front doors, there's a big, uh, there's a big thing there on the wall. Um, so this building existed before Silver Creek Church existed. So this was built, um, you know, to be a school. It was added on. You're in a gym, right? An old gym. If you're in the hub, you're sitting in the library. Um, we get people who stop by all the time, and they just kind of wander aimlessly throughout the building. And you say, can I, can I help you? Oh, I, this is my first grade classroom, and this is where the principal was. I was always in here. You know, so uh, it was built to be that. Now, obviously... It's a church now because this is where we meet. And Silver Creek Church was started in 1991, but this building existed before Silver Creek Church did. So if we're going to compare the capital C church to a building, there's a few things that we need to remember off the bat. If a building is anything that is built or constructed, then the obvious can be stated that the church was built. If we're comparing it to a building, the church was built. It had, it had its roots in someone who came up with the idea and saw that it was built. And uh, just to spoil it, it was God. God built the church, okay? Um, Jesus laid out those plans uh, while he was here on earth, and we're going to talk on that here in just a, a few minutes. And as I was kind of thinking about this idea, I, I thought of a phrase. If you would, I don't want to trigger PTSD for for all of us, I guess. But if you would go back into early 2020, um, there was a phrase that I know we used periodically, but you saw, if you're connected to any sort of church ministry around the country, there was a phrase that was used during that time that actually can be a little, it can, it can be a little confusing um, the way we're talking this morning, but it said the church is not a building. Right? Remember, and that idea was um, highlighting the fact that the church, God's church, is the people. Right? God's church is not 219 Silver Creek Road because at about 11 o'clock or 1045, you guys are going to move on with your day and, and, and you go out of this place. That doesn't mean his church ceases to exist because it's found in the people. And I love that phrase because it meant that um, Silver Creek goes beyond just these walls because it's you and I that make up God's church. Um, and, and that can be, I, I just, I don't know, it kind of settled on my heart a little bit because it was a good reminder. We're looking at the church as a building, but a reminder that the church is actually the people that God has put in it. So as I began to kind of prepare a little bit, I began to ask myself, uh, what do buildings accomplish? What's the purpose of them? There's buildings all over the place. It's a, there's a church, there's a school, there's a bank, there's um, whatever it might be. They serve a number of purposes beyond their, just their, the business that they, that they have. Um, but buildings provide, at the very most basic level, a shelter, um, which is great because it's starting to get cold. It's 
34 degrees out. And so it's nice that we're sheltered from that a little bit. Uh, buildings provide a place of safety, um, whether from that weather or other, other things. It, it uh, provides us a place to meet, a place to belong to. There's a lot of really great things that buildings make possible. And so today, um, as we're looking at the church as a building, comparing it, um, three quick things that we're going to touch on. So the first one is that a building has a builder, right? That's probably about the most simple phrase ever uttered. Um, Very, very deep. A building has a builder. But in Mark 16, 18, we see, or Matthew 16, 18, excuse me, uh, we see that Jesus is talking and he says, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He's talking to Peter and he says, you're going to be involved in the process. You're going to be part of the foundation, but I, meaning Jesus, will be the one to build it. And he was laying out the groundwork for what would take place when he was no longer here on earth. And I love that he involved people because I'm sure in that moment, Peter was like, um, are you sure about that? Right? But he did. He involves us and he did so right from the beginning. And so just as a reminder, we are not responsible for having built God's church. We didn't build this church. Pastor Kevin didn't build this church. Pastor Mark Larson didn't build this church because we are part of something much, much bigger than that. And it's something that Jesus established himself. This physical building wasn't built by any of us either. I don't, unless somebody like Randy was involved that I didn't know about, but maybe somewhere along the lines, somebody was involved in building this physical building. But he established the church, the capital C church, for us who love Jesus, who, who uh, claim to be Christ followers, to do life together. And sure, you can live all on your own. You could do everything on your own, but it's pretty lonely. And so it's great to be able to participate in something that's important to you alongside others who have a similar value set right? It's, it's part of life. And I think that's part of why Jesus established the church was for us to, to not only follow him, not only love people, not only love him, but to do it with others. And if you look at how Jesus created the church, it's perfect in its design, but it's imperfect in its makeup. Jesus's design for the church was that everyone who loves him who has a relationship with him or wants to have a relationship with him is part of this, this, lar- this group that's so much larger than themselves. But if you were to look around this, this room, if you were to be honest, you, you could admit that you, that myself, that the person to your left, you're to your right, is imperfect, right? Jesus' picture of the church is perfect, but the makeup is imperfect because we are people, right? We are people. I am a person. I I deal with sin in my life. I let people down. I make mistakes, right? And so as we look at the church, one thing that is tough is when you encounter someone who has been hurt by the church or hurt by someone that's part of the church. And it breaks my heart for people, but I also want us to understand that when people are involved, it gets a little messy, 
when I'm involved, it gets a little messy. When You know what I mean? It's, I don't want to not be surprised when that happens, but I also want to understand that Jesus built his church with messy people. And therefore, church is going to be a little bit messy. That's not super encouraging, but it is a reality that I want us to understand. And so um, as we look at the church, that's how Jesus chose to build it in his people who have that kind of at play. So a building has a builder. Secondly, um, and this is kind of where I want to spend a good chunk of, of our time this morning, but a building has a foundation. Buildings have foundation. I don't know if um, you've noticed, but there's a lot happening around Marquette right now. There's a lot of things going on, right? There's a lot that a lot of stuff that is being built or maybe being repurposed um, that has sat vacant or things like that. There's just there's new things coming, and I I understand not everyone's a fan of new and growth and things like that. I am, and I have a microphone, so um, that's. <laughs> too bad for you. But um, there's a lot happening, and I'm sure I missed some, so I just grabbed a couple of things kind of off the top of my head. Um, But there's a lot of stuff happening, and even if half of them are banks, it's still nice to see new things taking place. But you you have Panera Bread, you have Texas Roadhouse, they're being built right now. Honor Credit Union on 41, there's the bank. Um, the old Office Max building is being renovated. Shopco is being has been painted most of it. Um, the Iron Workers Local 8 Training Center right here in Harvey is going up. The Ordoc remodel. There's all sorts of stuff happening, and uh, for me, I love it because I love Marquette, and and uh, I think it has some great things to offer. I think it could offer some more things. Lord, if you're listening, Chick Fil A, please. Um, <laughs> But there's a lot happening, and so there's an excitement that comes with new things. And if you've been around or even just driven by um, a a construction project that's especially started from from scratch, um, you know that they, they have to start at the bottom first, right? They don't build an apartment building with the top floor first because it just doesn't function that way. There's no way that it could work. They, they have to start at the bottom. So a building's foundation determines not only what it can accomplish, but how long it can exist. The foundation um, establishes its lifespan. Um, I, ha- I like having smart friends um, because... I'm not necessarily that intelligent, um, but I have some smart friends, and one of them, uh, his name is Nate. He's actually sitting right over there. Sorry, Nate. Uh, Nate Klish um, is, is a friend, and he's part of Silver Creek, and he is a structural engineer for integrated designs, and um, he, uh, we do life together a little bit. We have uh, crazy boys that are all the same age. And so we, we hang out and everything's chaotic. Um, but we'll be hanging out someplace or, or walking someplace and he'll just kind of quietly and humbly, I want to add, point out like, oh, I, I worked on that building. I helped design that, you know, whatever it might be. And I'm always like, whoa, that's pretty cool because... I mean, I don't know what goes into that. So I was thinking, if we're talking about a foundation, I, I, um, because of my age and because of his age, I texted him first and said, hey, Nate, do you have five minutes to talk on the phone? Because, you know, not everyone likes to talk on the phone. 
And so I asked him a couple of questions about the importance of foundation, um, the foundations in a building and the role that they play. Now, some of these questions or answers, I've, I felt like I had a grasp on, on what, they sh- what the answer is. But when you have somebody who like does it for a living, it, it really validates something in you when you, when you feel like they're echoing what you're thinking. But so this is kind of a, sum- a summary of some of what Nate said. It's not word for word. But he said the foundation is the absolute most important part to any structure or building. And this is what stood out to me the most. He said it's the first thing in and it will be the last thing that remains. Everything else that the building houses or does hinges on the foundation being solid. And he said for their company, and I'm sure there's a lot more actual specific metrics that they build things to, but they they talk about um, it has to be able to withstand the 100-year storm. That crazy freakish storm that happens once every 100 years is a a general metric that they use. Um, But without the proper foundation, the lifespan of those buildings can actually be limited. Um, we actually talked for just a minute uh, about um, buildings that you and I probably walk in on a regular basis here in Marquette that have the buildings have exceeded the lifespan of the foundation that they're on, right? Because whenever they were put in, they didn't have the technology or the resources to make it be that much more firm. So they're kind of on borrowed time almost. The foundations have to be deep enough to obviously combat things like uh, the frost line here in, in Marquette. And then this one kind of jumped out, me, out at me. I asked him, during the planning and design phase of a building, what percent of your time is dedicated to the foundation? And he, he guesstimated that it was close to 10% of, of the time. And initially I thought, that's not... That's not very much, but the more I thought about it and everything else that goes into it, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time that goes into making sure that the foundation is secure. That's why I asked him questions like that because I, I didn't really understand. But here's the thing. We're talking about a building has a foundation. So I think part of the reason um, for referencing the church as a building is due to how crucial it is to have the right foundation. As a body, a local church, or, or the church as a whole, if the foundation is not appropriate, there's going to be a lot of issues. There's going to be a lot of challenges that we face as the church. So our foundation has to be rock solid. Who we are and what we believe has to line up with the person of Jesus. And I'm saying that not just for Silver Creek Church. I'm not saying that just for the Assemblies of God, which we're part of. But if we are professing to be Christ followers, and if we're in relationship with other people who are doing the same, we have to make sure that the basis of our beliefs are what they should be. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. 
Your foundation matters. Our foundation matters. And our foundation as a church, even as individuals, has to be solid. And the only thing that I know of in our world that is consistent, that does not change, that does not um, uh, have a different opinion is the person of Jesus and his scripture and what we've been given as as people. Those are the only things that I know to be 100% true all the time, no matter how bad your morning was, no matter how many times that person cut you off on the way to work, they, they're consistent. And therefore, as a Christ follower, as a church, as his church, that needs to be the foundation that we establish um, each and every day. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. Ephesians 2.20 says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with, Jesus, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. A cornerstone is, um, and I, again, Google taught me a few things. I don't know anything beyond that, but a cornerstone is the first stone that's set in a masonry, a, a masonry foundation, and it's the stone that every stone afterwards is referenced. And so Jesus has to be the first thing. That song that we were singing earlier, I, I Just Want You, literally, we were just asking for more of Jesus. And, and that's kind of a, a musical representation of, of that cornerstone concept, I think, is that we, we realize that we need the person of Jesus in our lives, that we need his truth, his word, active every single day if we hope to be effective for him. We have to reference what is true. He was first. He built his church. We are part of that church. And he will outlast it uh, here on earth. And, and one day uh, we'll be joined with him in heaven. And that is going to be an amazing, an amazing time. So we, a building has a builder. A building has a foundation. And then finally, and this is kind of simple, but a building has a purpose, so if the church is a building, we have a purpose, right? And uh, on your way in today, I don't know if you checked it out or maybe you've driven by it a hundred times, so you didn't notice it, but we have a sign out by the road. And on the top of that sign, I think it's the top, um, there's, there's two phrases. Anyone off the top of your head know what it is? That's cheating. You help build it. You know, but you're right. Love God, love people. That's a purpose. That's part of what our purpose is, not only as Silver Creek Church, but as Christ followers, as the capital C church that Jesus established, is to love God and love people because it's bigger than just us. This isn't just a, it's not a, a club. You know, if it was, it'd be a fun club. You guys are, you guys are fun. But it has to go beyond just us. Matthew 22, 36 through 39, Jesus has asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He used a lot more words, but Jesus said, love God, love people. And that's one thing to be told as an individual but we're told it as 
as a group, as anyone who, who hears those words, we're instructed to love God and love others. Now, I would much rather be involved in loving God and loving others alongside a whole bunch of other people than doing it on my own. Makes it a little easier. It's, it's easier, it's, it's more enjoyable to have community around you to be doing those same things. But at the end of the day, we're called not to just live for ourselves. And as the body of Christ um, is not to be so internally focused, we have to remember it's not always about us, right? God wants to do a whole lot of stuff in your life in through you, but it's not always just about what we want. Sometimes it's about the, the people that we passed in the grocery store this morning. Sometimes it's about that person that we, that we um, pass who's asking for change because they, they're just, they're down on their luck and they're, they're homeless or whatever might be going on. I've referenced it before, but I had a professor in college who said something to the extent of church shouldn't be like a refrigerator to keep Christians cool. It should be more like an emergency room where people are escaping death and experiencing life. And I know some of you have spent time in this building. We're going to go back to the physical building. Um, in this building throughout the week, but not everyone may know it, but it's messy in this place. And that's a good thing because I think when people see that you or something you're a part of has hope, has a reason um, to, to go beyond themselves, that loves people, they're drawn to it. And uh, it can be challenging to to navigate those things at times, but it, it can be messy, but I think that's part of the intention. I think God wants us as a church, as a body of people who love him, to be in the midst of what's happening, not standing on the side, not, not um, hoping that it works out, but being involved in people's lives. The church has a purpose and as the capital C church, it has to be that, that purpose has to be, has to fall in Jesus' command that he has in Matthew 22. But just like buildings don't look the same on the outside, neither does each local church. If you drive in town, every building does not look the same. They serve a different purpose. A bank is going to look different than a school and it's going to look different than a store. And the local church can be much the same. The goal and the purpose that we have should all line up, but sometimes the way that we do it looks a little bit differently. And that's part of what I, I love about the church of God. Some churches, um, do they, that what God has put on their hearts is a little bit differently. Case in point, Silver Creek Thrift. Silver Creek Thrift is on that end of the building. And um, I promise you that did not start because we just had too much junk that we wanted to sell, right? It started because our heart was to connect with people, to love on people, to give people an opportunity to not only meet their physical needs, but eventually their spiritual needs. And so that was started. And I'll be honest, um, I think Pastor Kevin has said this before, but I can't, that's not gonna work everywhere else. And it doesn't say anything about us that we're, we got it all figured out and we're awesome, yay us. It has to do with what God is speaking into the people who are part of his church. 
Silver Creek Thrift exists because God spoke to a person. And that person spoke to some leaders and God spoke to the leaders. And then God spoke to those who were part of Silver Creek. And now every day that that thrift store is open, people walk in and not only are they having their physical needs met, but they're having their spiritual needs met. It's an extension of loving God, loving people. And for us, that's a way that we do that. Some local churches are extraordinarily passionate about, uh, passionate about equipping and sending global missionaries. That's loving God and loving others. Some have grown programs that effectively minister to and care for the homeless or those in the midst of tra tragedies. Others like ourselves, we're passionate about meeting the physical needs of people through food, clothing, backpacks, whatever it might be to show the love of Christ. I think that's a picture of how God wants his church to operate. There's different avenues to do it, but the ultimate goal is the same, to love God and to love people. And, and I say all this to say that you are part of something much bigger. You're part of something much bigger than uh, Silver Creek Church. And I want to encourage you in that because um, all over the world, there are people who believe in, in God and the power of Jesus and they want to see their world change for him. And that's encouraging to realize that we're not in it uh, on our own because sometimes it can feel like we're just, we're kind of hitting the drum all day, every day and doing the same things. And, um, but God has a plan in his church. We're to give people a message of hope in Jesus. And so as we kind of conclude, I just want to um, encourage you in something. And I want to be careful because this could sound very self-serving um, and I don't intend for it to be. But stay connected to his church. Stay connected to the people who are connected to Jesus. Stay connected to what he wants to do in and around our world through people like you. And if that's here at Silver Creek Church, awesome, because we love you, we care about you, and we, we want you to just be a part of everything that we're doing. But don't miss out on what God wants to do in you through the Capital C Church. I know that sounds confusing. I know it might be weird because there are certain things that we, you know, we might believe differently than a, a, a different church, whatever it might be. That doesn't matter. As long as we're loving God and we're loving people and we're following the foundation that has been provided to us in Jesus. And I just want to encourage you because um, I know Caitlin mentioned some of the things that we, Feeding America and Operation Winterwear, we, we do a lot of serving, but it's because when we see the person of Jesus, that's what he did. And, and we know that touching a person's physical need allows for that door into to addressing a spiritual need. And so I just want to encourage you, um, remind you that you are part of his church. You're part of something bigger than just Silver Creek, but we are so, we love that you are part of Silver Creek and, um, and that you're part of what God is uh, and will continue to be doing. So I actually, I, in, as we close, I just wanna pray for you. And I just wanna pray that God would continue to instill that in your heart because I, I think that as, as God does that, as we open our hearts up to what he has for us, um, our capacity will grow. Your capacity to love on people, to, to um, bring people 
closer to Jesus will grow. And ultimately that's, that's what we want to see happen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for putting it in, in terms that we can understand. I thank you that, God, not only did you say that we are to be your church, but God, you provided the framework to allow us to do just that. And I thank you that we don't have to make it up as we go. I thank you that you, um, that you lay out God, so clearly in scripture, uh, how we are to, to function as Christ's followers. I thank you for, for Jesus and his time here on earth to show us how to love and serve others, to, to lay down his life for us that we would be able to have a relationship with you. And I pray for each person within the sound of my voice, both here in the hub, online, wherever it might be. God, I pray that you would remind them this week that they're part of something bigger. God, I pray that you would give them opportunities to, to show the love of Jesus in a way that maybe they, they hadn't thought of doing before. And God, I pray that as we continue to function as your church, I pray that you would continue to show us where you're at work and that we would have the opportunity to celebrate what you're doing in our lives and in the lives of the local church, just like Silver Creek Church. And God, I thank you for the, the way that you involve us. You involve imperfect people into your perfect plan. And God, I, I thank you that we can rely on you to bring that plan to fruition. Father, I thank you for these people who are so near and dear to so many of us. And we just ask for continued opportunity to love you and to love others. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. We do love you. I don't just say that. I know Pastor Kevin says it a lot too, but we do love you. And we are so glad that you are part of Silver Creek. And um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend and avoid the white stuff this week. Um, grab some coffee, grab some snacks, spend some time uh, greeting one another. We love you. Have a great week.